Welcome back, yes, but Welcome. we're here. We're, we're queer. I say that too much. Stop saying we're here, Travis. Stop setting me up. Okay. Okay. We're not here. We're gone. Goodbye. Yeah. The show's I mean, we're done. I, I wish. She is, but we're not all there. <laughs> That's true. Oh, boy. So today... I'm at you from parts unknown. <laughs> <laughs> today, we are going to talk about uh, Agent Scully and why I want her to step on my neck. Um, <laughs> oh, somebody just started watching sexual education, didn't they? Ooh. No, she's just in Hannibal, and she's beautiful, and I just want her to oh. step on my All neck. Right. All right, well, sorry. You didn't say that Jillian Anderson was in this. Now, I'm yeah, watch it. He, she plays Hannibal's therapist, and their relationship doesn't go well. Oh, <laughs> that's that's pretty wonderful. Much, just pretty much all of Hannibal. A bunch of people. Me surmise. A bunch of people open themselves up to the terrifying ordeal of being known, and it does not go well. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, Jillian Anderson, man. She is an amazing actress, and that's 100% the reason why I'm interested in her so much, and no other reason. So, all right, let's go ahead and stop this. I'm literally blushing. <laughs> okay, so. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but we are here to talk about movies again. Shock. Um, it's crazy that we keep doing this. How do we keep coming back to this? And I think we're specifically taking on a horror movie flavor, which we've talked about horror before a lot. But, yeah. Ben, I think this is the first time that we've specifically been like, let's talk about horror movies, which you suggested. And for the first time, Travis and I weren't like, mm, gross. No. <laughs> that is true. This so, was the first time that you guys were like, hmm, okay. Yeah, we were like, all right. Because I think... Like once a month, then you're like, let's talk about horror movies for the opening part. And we're like, um, have you considered shutting the fuck up and letting us not do that? That is literally what happens every damn time. Yeah, we're Someone just like, save me. Yeah, we're just like, Ben, you're too pretty to talk. So just shut up. <laughs> no, we don't say that. Um, all right. But do you want to start us off with, I don't know, I guess like horror you've been not into a, or? Not until you say I'm pretty, god fucking damn it. You are pretty, sweetie. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, recently I've been trying to, like, it's, it's, I have weird wants sometimes. Not weird needs, but weird wants. I get it. Um, and this, in these, all of these quarantines, I have been wanting to do, like, a quarantine, like, horror movie marathon. Like, stuff that is, like, loosely quarantine based because of course you've got wreck you've got quarantine you've got the thing mm -hmm. which which we're gonna bring up later on yeah when we talk about this episode four raisins yeah mm -hmm. um but for like weirdly enough i have been like also the faculty would also be a good like harm that's probably the best one to talk about for this episode i think mm-hmm um, have either of you seen The Faculty? No. No. It is a very fantastic movie. John Stewart is in it. Um, God, what's his name from... Oh, wait. Is this a movie where a bunch of teenagers are like, help, my, my teachers are aliens? Yeah, that's literally this movie. Okay, oh. yeah, I've seen it. It was yeah, good. I liked it. It's really good. The soundtrack is banging. Yeah. The special effects are good. Elijah Wood's in it. The story is good. Yeah, I forgot his little ass was in it. And Clea um, Duvall. 
Yep. I don't like her. Travis, it's a movie you would thoroughly enjoy. Yeah, okay. it's, um, it falls on the, uh, the like, it's a horror movie, but it definitely falls on, like, the goofier end of horror movies. Nice. Yeah. It's it's more on, like, the goofy spectrum. It's a little bit more scary than goofy. Um, yeah. Kind of like Shaun of the Dead, but in Shaun of the Dead, it actually had comedic moments that were supposed to be funny. Right. Yeah. Like this movie has a handful, but most of the time, it's just really dark stuff that wasn't supposed to be funny. That kind of is. But is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's maybe not the best movie, but it's not... Mm. I don't hate it. It's a top-tier B movie, is what it is. Yeah. Nice. It's the best of the bottom. You know, um... What I would appreciate more of in horror movies. What's that? Horror movies where there's no sexual violence. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. I I dig that. Yeah. I'm not completely like, I don't want to say turned off, but like when a movie has sexual violence, I'm not like, just like, oh, I can't watch it. It's terrible. I don't like it. But it's just passe at this point. It's what you're saying. Yeah. It's overused. And I always appreciate Mm. a horror movie that gets creative enough to not rely on it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, The problem was everything from like the mid to late seventies through probably the mid nineties. Yeah. And then you had stuff like from the odds as well. I, just, I I remember it being a huge thing in like the two thousand yeah the oddies yeah just like it, everyone was like we're gonna kill this mostly naked woman with a knife up her vagina that might have just been my bloody Valentine I don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was, just, it, everything was relying way too way too hard on sex cells yeah yeah and also that edge the, man gotta have that edge mm-hmm. yeah, gotta be like gritty. But, I mean, there's several out there that don't because it's finally a thing that, like, fell off. Yeah. Because, like, you have, like, stuff like Species, specifically, where that's the entire plot of the movie is, like... It's like, what if the one thing that all men want is that is out to kill them? Right. Well, mm-hmm. it, I mean, it follows is also a movie with that isn't completely about it. it's like sexual violence. But I don't mm-hmm. hate it follows because the sexual nature of it is diegetic or the yeah. entire point of the movie, yeah. really. Well, yeah. Yeah. Because like. Like. A lot of times, sexual violence in horror movies, it just takes me out of the story because I'm just, it, yeah. it's just like we're trucking along with a normal movie about, like, you know, a ghost or whatever. And then the ghost is like, mm, I want to see them titties. And I'm like, ghost, what the fuck are you doing? Shut the fuck up and get back to haunting people like normal. What is this? You are better than this. I don't understand. So, Have you ever seen and it just blog? takes me out. From 1998. No. All right, so it's it's worth a watch. It's okay. of, It's another one of the best, like B horror movies. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a scene I will prepare you for because it's not really, uh, it's not a spoiler, and I know you don't care about them, and I ain't speaking about this long enough for if you do care about a spoiler from 1988. Um, maybe watch it already. I have already stopped listening to what you were saying, but no, I'm just kidding. Go on. <laughs> so, <laughs> you took too long to get to the punchline. 
So you understand what the blob is, right? I understand that it's a blob. It is a blob from outer space that eats everything. And the more it eats, the bigger it gets, right? Got it, got it. So there's this scene where this really pushy jock kind of guy is hanging out with his girlfriend Mm -hmm. in their car. And we all know what happens. Yeah. Men get hands. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. So she turns him down and says, I need to make a phone call. Yeah. And... She hops out of the car. He just chills, and he's just like, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my boner now that you're not in here. <laughs> and she goes to make it a call from, like, a, like from a phone booth, because this is really from 1988. And while she is in the phone booth, the blob eats her. <sighs> and, but uh, this is the one time this happens, and it's hilarious. Um, she, after she is eaten by the blob, she gets back in the car. And... Because apparently the blob has taken her shape and okay. just, like, crawled inside of her. Mm-hmm. And so the guy's like, oh, well, uh, now I know what I... I <laughs> now I know what I can do with this boner. <laughs> and so he goes right back to being handsy, and he sticks his hand, like, like rides her thigh and goes up to, you know, where. Mm-hmm. And instead of just stopping, he keeps going. But apparently he knows nothing about female anatomy because he doesn't realize when he gets, like, his most of his arm up inside of her that that shouldn't happen. Right. And then, the, and then her body kind of crumples inside herself and the plot's like, gotcha, bitch. Yeah. It doesn't actually say that, but it eats the guy and it's really funny. Oh, my and God. It's, it's one of the most hilarious deaths I've seen in a movie. I, you seem to be on this, like, when I suggested we talk about horror movies, I was fully Mm. expecting to talk about movies that came out in the past 10 years. And then you just seem to be on this kick where you're just like, let's talk about these movies that are, you know, 20 years old. Is it because we were talking about, um, Sleepaway Camp the other day? Yeah, probably. Uh, Yeah. I I like old horror movies. I mean, who doesn't? They're fun. Like Exactly. They there, are... There's a lot of... They're know. not as stressful as new movies. Like, I do love new ones. Mm-hmm. Like, one of my favorites, I've talked about it a lot, is The Ritual on Netflix. It's also one of the most stressful movies. Right. Like, when I want to watch a horror movie, I either actually do want to feel scared, and that's when I watch, like, an A24 picture, because those are stressful and terrifying. Right. But sometimes I just want to, like, tune out and watch people die in a fun way. I get that. Like, in, like The Blob, or... Little Shop of Horrors, or Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. I love Little Shop of Horrors. Oh my yeah. god, that movie is so good. It is. Yeah. Do you know the Do you know the original musical ends with them all dying? Yes, that sounds about right. Yeah, they changed yeah. the ending for the movie, and uh, hmm. it is different. Yeah. Oh my god, oh. I want to be the dentist. In Little Shop of Horrors. That everyone wants to be the dentist. It's a fun role. <laughs> it is a fun role. And you get to mug. I like mugging. I We need to mug more. Let's start mugging more. Mug? Yeah, where we just mug for the camera. Where our faces do crazy oh, things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Just like oh. mugging. You know? You know what mugging is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It took me a second for me to realize what you're talking about. What did yeah, you think I was talking we, about? 
I don't about, know. About something in alleyways. No! Alright, so... I don't know. I'm a good person, basically. Are you? No, I'm... J- jury is out. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you seen the Thing musical, Ben? And Travis, it's a YouTube There's a video. Thing musical. It's not. It's not like a musical musical. But basically, somebody just made a YouTube video where they sing a lounge song of, that describes the plot of the thing. Oh, and I've it's heard of it. I haven't watched it yet. It's it's pretty good. It's a good time. I mean, obviously, if you haven't seen the thing, don't watch it. Go watch the thing first, and then that, yeah, watch that. the video. Yeah, just go watch the thing. Yeah. That's a great movie. Yeah. Um, Pause this podcast and go watch the thing. And then uh-huh. come back. Um, you know what else? And what else? I was just no. I was just thinking about Hush. I like that movie. That is a good movie. That's that's, a good that's another movie. solid like recent horror movie. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at like more recent stuff to be reminded of m- movies I've seen that were more recent. Right. Um, are you guys familiar with the story of Dialov's Pass or? Hmm. All right, so it is a mountain, like a, like a trail sort of thing in Russia. Mm-hmm. It's also called Devil's Pass. So, like several years ago, like decades ago, I don't remember exactly how long ago, a group of hikers in Russia were found, um, like, and like their tent is full of sustenance and equipment and everything. Like they had enough stuff to survive. Mm-hmm. But they find all of these hikers just strewn up and down this pass, completely naked. Most of them were naked. Some of them had, like, maybe some, like, clothes on. Their eyes removed. Their tongues removed. And it sparked a lot of, like, you know, theories and stories and whatnot. Right, yeah. And there, there's a movie from 2013 called Devil's Pass. Mm-hmm. It is incredibly interesting. It has a great ending. It's a little slow, but it's a really good, like, sci-fi horror movie. Yeah, I'm into it. It's, it, it's not real stressful until, like, the end and everything comes together and you're like, oh, shit. Um, it's on a few different things, but it's definitely worth a watch if you like interesting, weird, sci-fi, time-traveling movies. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm into it. I, do y'all prefer, um, the, uh, do y'all prefer, like, horror movies that... like are it more rooted in reality like slasher movies and like home invasion movies or do y'all prefer um supernatural uh horror movies or things like you know sci-fi things like that i i i think i prefer things with a more supernatural twist yeah. or like a semi supernatural twist like i recently watched hellraiser mm-hmm. again and it's like it's kind of supernatural in a sense that like there's a magic box that has demons inside of it and some blood getting spilled on the floor is enough to bring back a guy with no skin. Mm, uh, Clive Barker, you son of a bitch, you've done it again. Stepdaughter. 
Yeah, and um, gross. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot yeah, of you, there's a lot of weird things about that movie. Yeah, it, there's actually there's Hellraiser five or six where it's Hellraiser in space. Oh, the, did they do Hellraiser in space like they did Jason in space? Yeah. Oh my uh, god. I don't know which one came first, but I'm pretty sure it was Hellraiser in space. Huh. Yeah. But yeah, and then there's also stuff like Cabin in the Woods where it's like it mm. seems like, you know, it's either there you know, it's like reality but the rules mm. are bent. Right, you yeah. Know? yeah. I, I, I like that, where it's like it's based in reality, but there's something just a little bendy about it. Mm. I am a true crime fan. Y'all know this. Y'all have seen the tales. Yes. Yeah. So while I do enjoy supernatural horror and uh, like sci-fi horror, I definitely also love like just you know bad people being bad, oh, yeah. and a group of good. a group of survivors just trying to like be like let's take these guys out, you know. Have you watched the uh, the movie on Ted Bundy? It's shockingly Not- evil and incredibly handsome, or whatever the fuck it's called. Vile, yeah. yeah, vile. <laughs> is that the one with Zac Efron in it? It is. It is, the it is Zac, Zac Efron. Efron in it. Nice. Uh, I this... haven't seen it because I think I've talked about this before, but it's actually mm. been on my mind more and more since I've been watching Hannibal. Um, most serial killers. So there's sort of this perception of serial killers in our culture that they're like, like suave, incredibly intelligent sort of like you know charming people um who are able to like outthink the law and that's why they can get away mm. with their crimes for as long as they can and uh i find learning more and more about serial killers that that's not actually true yeah most serial killers are just lucky <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. The ones who are more prolific, like the the ones who have a body count in the like high hundreds, um, mm. usually lived in places where there wasn't a very for whatever reason like the the government structure wasn't stable or a stable mm. economic structure, and they were drifters, and they're usually oh, you mean like. Uh... The dude with like the with like the pig ranch or the pig farm killer? Not uh not the pig farm killer. Um I'm talking about there is a Venezuelan hold on, I'm looking up uh most prolific serial killers. Because I am not kidding, there is this there's like a Venezuelan serial killer who whose numbers are in the three hundreds that we know of who um like just killed all these people and the reason why he was able to do it was because he was a drifter in a country that was not super stable and he would just go around these different towns find orphans and 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 murder them whoa yeah louis uh garavito was his name yeah he was active from 1992 to 1999 and Mm. his proven victims are 138 and they think he's possibly killed over 300 Holy shit. And then number two on that list is a guy named Pedro Lopez. Same situation. Just drifted from country to country and was able to, like, find, 
like his victims were mostly children and they were orphans or you know people who lived in like super rural areas so he was able to to you know uh get them away uh from their you know guardians or whatever yeah um number you know three on the list is a guy from pakistan back in like the 90s you know super a huge time of unrest so the whole idea of like the charming like Hannibal Lecter type serial killer I just find just doesn't exist in real life you know right it existed with Ted Bundy and to an extent with Jeffrey Dahmer but it only works with them mainly with Jeffrey Dahmer because of white privilege for Jeffrey Dahmer like yeah there's incredibly sad story oh where, yeah the thing about the the was it the the was it a black guy that John Jeffrey yeah. Dahmer tried to kill yeah he was literally trying to kill him yeah gets away he finds some cops and says hey this dude tried to kill me they laugh in his face and then I'm pretty sure Jeffrey Dahmer still killed him, right? Yeah, it was a child. Yeah, I actually, think so. it was a yeah. it was a boy. Um, yep. And yeah, Jeffrey Dahmer, uh, he got away, and uh, um, Jeffrey Dahmer basically like went up to the cops that he was talking to, and basically was like, "Oh, this is my friend. I'll just take him now." And the cops let oh, him go. Oh man! Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't remember yeah. if the kid was like, "Hey, this guy's trying to kill me," or what. He was either saying this guy's trying to kill me, or this guy's trying to get me. Yeah, or either something way, like that. He was trying to convey to cops that he was in danger. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that that uh, that didn't work out. See, I see, I hate shit like that because it's just like yeah. terrifying. Yeah, I found out but. this this story. Um, I was actually watching a Sean video. Sean, one of the best YouTubers around, um, and he was doing a like. Here's why I think, from a logical perspective, we shouldn't have the death penalty, and. He told this story about um, an Englishman who, hold on, again, looking it up. Yeah, okay. Uh, an Englishman who, or a Welshman, sorry, who um, went to the police one day. This is back in, like, the 50s, right? Went to the police one day and was like, um, my wife... Uh, has had a uh, I tried to give her a back alley abortion and she died and I hid her body and the police were like and he was like his name was Timothy Evans and he was like yeah uh, this is what happened also I sent my daughter away to live with some family members and the police were like alright where did you hide your wife's body and so Timothy Evans took the um, cops to the, where he said he hid his wife's body and it was clear that there was it was like a storm drain and there was no way he could have lifted up the cover by himself to actually put a body down there so they were like Timothy Evans what's happening with this and 
um, he was like, okay, actually, it was my neighbor, John Christie, who gave my wife the back alley abortion, and he's the one who sent my daughter away. And so they went to go check out where Timothy Evans lived in this tenant house, and they found the bodies of his wife and daughter. They had been strangled to death. Whoa. Damn. Yeah. And he was arrested. Uh, they, he basically tried to, like, take everything back, and it is implied, allegedly, there may have been some encouragement from the police because John Christie, the neighbor who had supposedly sent the daughter away and given this woman a back alley abortion, um, was former police. And so Timothy Evans had already lied. John Christie was former police and like an upstanding member of society. So everybody was just like, okay, obviously Timothy Evans is this murderer. Like, duh. Uh, very shortly after he was convicted, he, was uh, put to death. And then three years later, it came out that actually John Christie was a serial killer and had killed four more people after that and had been the one to kill the wife and daughter. That's fucking nuts. Yep. This story knocked me on my ass because I was like, are you fucking kidding me? First of all, what is going on, Timothy Evans? Don't take the blame for things. And second of all... (laughs) But yeah, um, basically because his case was handled so slapdashery and he was put to death so quickly after the, uh, the conviction, um, it was like a huge miscarriage of justice and, uh, you know, it's basically part of the reason why, um, they don't have the death penalty in the UK anymore. Nice. So... But yeah, it was just crazy. And John Christie had killed like, kill, ended up killing like eight people, probably, mm. including his wife, and then also having sex with the bodies. So that's mm. exciting. Ooh, it's not that's... exciting. That's horrifying. <laughs> well, to go back to your original question about what kind of horror movies we like. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Y'all I like know if I can to be honest with you. Yeah. Sorry. So, like, I mean, I love exorcism movies. I love very paranormal movies, like As Above, So Below, mm-hmm. uh, Devil Inside, The Taking of Deborah Logan, which is a movie from 2014. And I, I've seen the meme for it a lot because you see like the grandma, like with the gaping bog going over the child's head. I don't know if oh, you guys have seen that meme. Yeah, before. yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the mo- that's the movie where that scene comes from. Gotcha. Uh, it is fantastic. I highly suggest it if you like uh, possession movies. Um, it's great. It's got a crazy like special effects crew on it. It's fucking great. Uh, but I also love dumb shit like The Bay, where, like, you know, pill bugs, like, roly poly bugs. Mm-hmm. Really big ones of, really big ones of those have mutated because of, like, a toxic waste dump mm. or dumpage. And, and they had been using fish to get inside people to pretty much become, like, rage monster zombies sure. like from 28 days later mm-hmm. 
Um, it's from 2012, and I also highly suggest it because I know you like body horror. I do love body horror, yeah. I, I would highly suggest watching The Bay. It's fucked up. All right. I'm in. Yeah. yeah. Um, let me think of anything else to talk about. Uh, Devil Inside is also really interesting because it's one of the few possession I, movies that yeah, deal with I've heard good things about Devil Inside. Yeah. Because uh, it was like one of the first movies to deal with just a demon hopping from person to person mid-conversation. I'm in. Oh, damn. Yeah. It's got some really creepy scenes in it as well. Uh, but oh. and then there's a bunch of really trash ones because it's like every genre is going to have garbage in it oh yeah absolutely. oh yeah of course mm. you know what I have really learned to let go rom-coms yeah. oh funny. yeah I just find myself not I mean every once in a while I get the itch right and I'll go back and probably watch a rom-com that I've already seen that I already love <laughs> Like, I love The Proposal yeah. because I love Sandra Bullock, I love Deadpool, and Alaska is a beautiful place to shoot. That's fair. And, again, the type of relationship dynamic I'm into is very much that, like, kiss-kiss, slap-slap sort of thing. Something-something. You mean BDSM? Is that what we're talking about? No, I mean, like, that sort Just of, like, Mr. Darcy pickle? and Elizabeth... Bennett, just like they meet each other and they don't like each other. I know a lot of people are tired oh. of that, but but I'm into it. I'm about it. That's fair. Um, yeah. Oh, watch uh, Sleeping with Other People on Netflix. All right, you'll like that movie. Oh god, oh god, sorry. Yeah. Um, so I've got I, uh... I've got one more. Sorry, I've got one more true crime thing that I have to share with y'all that ab- that I found out recently that absolutely knocked me on my ass. Can I? Sh- What's that? Okay. There is a Japanese man named Isai Sagawa who was in Paris, killed and cannibalized a woman, and because due to a technicality, is not in prison. What the fuck? Yeah. Like, hypothetically, I could go to Japan right now strike up a conversation with a cannibal and like become his friend that's the thing that could happen was it like uh international waters kind of thing like yeah it was was like he was convicted in paris and then found legally insane because he you know killed and cannibalized somebody and then they sent him back to japan and due to like some sort of like thing he just didn't like he couldn't oh, yeah. be charged in Japan. Wow. Yeah. And nice. uh, there is, if you're interested in hearing this guy from from his voice, there is a Vice interview on YouTube with him. It is very interesting to listen to. It's kind of horrifying. What a miscarriage of justice. I mean, for real though. Mm. For real though. God. There's also a Wikipedia article for it, so... Yeah. Yeah, you could just skip the interview, but I don't know. Mm -hmm. I find that shit interesting, but I'm also just, like, horrified. Horrified. Apparently, the Rolling Stones referenced him... Uh... Yeah. 
their song Too Much Blood is about Sagawa and violence in the media. Wow. Huh. His crime also inspired the Stranglers in 1981. Mm. Their song La, F- La Folly? I believe that's how you pronounce that. And then the noise black metal band Gnaw Their Tongues also released an EP entitled Issei Sagawa in 2006. Yeah. Uh, wait, so you're telling me a black metal band released something in with the name of a murderer on it? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that never happens. Yeah. <laughs> and it's. I just thought it. I just liked their name, is why I thought to bring it up. And uh, Ben, it's La Folie. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. It uh, means madness. The madness. Mm. All right. Specifically, a feminine version of madness. You know, say what you will about English, but at least I can look at this table and not think to myself, it's a woman. Okay, unrelated. Sorry. All right. Well, you're gonna fuck that table. <laughs> that's the thing. In in you know in French, everything's gendered. So you, if you say le table, you're wrong. It's la table, and it's just like it just it's too much. It's too much to have to remember everybody's you know like pronouns. That was wrong. I didn't mean to. Say like that. I meant inanimate objects. If you're a person, you deserve that respect. Okay. But I don't have to respect this stupid table. No, you don't. Gendered language is dumb. All right. Travis, I think we're done. I think we've talked yeah. about some horror movies, and now we never have to talk about horror movies ever again. <laughs> Uh, Travis, I know we got to talk about in the second part. Travis, this episode is called "And Then There Was None." What's it about? And then, and then there was none, or then there were none. And then there were. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, so Sam and Dean are in a desert. And then they, uh, they're, like, trying to, like, get through the desert, but they really need water, and they don't have any water, so then they die, and the show ends. Great, I'm and in. And there's no, there's no more. <laughs> and there's <laughs> no more episodes of Super And then we don't have to watch anymore. All right, well, yeah. <laughs> Travis, at this point, let's pray your version of events turns out. All right. <laughs> <laughs> So, immediate thoughts. Oh, wait. I want to say something real quick before we get into this. I would like to share something that I enjoy about post-season five Supernatural. An episode that I legitimately like. And it's even from a season that I overall did not enjoy. I think the opening, uh, the first episode of season nine is genuinely delightful. All right. Yeah. I think it's a good episode. We'll go into more detail when we get there. But I think it's I think it's a good episode. I really like Celebrating the Life of Asa Fox. That comes in in season 12. I think that's a great episode. I actually think it's a better version of this episode that we're, we watched today. 
Oh. Right, so I'm not crazy. There is a better version of this episode later there, on. There is a better version of this episode. I will say this. Uh, Celebrating the life of Asa Fox introduces a lot of characters we have not seen, or we had not seen up until that episode. And I cared about mm. their lives more than I cared about <laughs> anyone in this episode, except for our mains. Um... One thing I will say about this episode is that it's like another Sarah Gambleism, because this exact episode also happens in the Magicians. Oh, you mean Fuck, this you're right. exact bottle episode? Yeah, yeah. literally, literally to a T. There is a worm inside someone's head that can jump from person to person, and the only mm. way to kill it is with electricity. Yeah, it doesn't have that episode. Doesn't have the um, like. It's jumping from body to body, and we have to figure out who it's in aspect, though. But yeah, that is a thing in the magicians. Yeah. Um. If this episode didn't exist within this season, then it would be fine. This, it would, this yeah, it would be does fine. Exist outside yeah. this season. It yeah. exists in season twelve. <laughs> it's, you're right. It does, and it's so much better. What I'm saying is that uh, this episode's not very good. And yeah, I did not enjoy it. There was a lot of things. Yeah. There were so many things that happened in this episode where I was just like, can't wait to see that again. Yeah. <laughs> or like, can't wait for this to, you know, not matter in two episodes. Okay. Yeah. Before we get into, I wanted to open with a bit of a compliment sandwich because. Oh, um, okay. I'm not going to have a lot of nice things to say. And. <laughs> <laughs> I just there's a lot of things I want to change about this episode. There's a lot too. I want to change about this episode. First of all, maybe we go back in time and make Samuel a character I give a shit about. Right? Maybe we have him be relevant to the story he's in. You know, it's really is Okay, so real quick before we get any further into it, here's the basic <laughs> plot of and then there were none. Eve, the mother of all monsters, has created a body jumping uh, invasion monster that forces people to lash out, but also copies their memories and, you know, like can mimic them perfectly, right? So we can't do the whole, like, all right, let's ask so and so a question only they would know and see how they act. Um, Sam, Dean, Bobby are investigating this and they run into Rufus, uh, the one black character who is not awful in this show. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we already know he is not long from this world because uh, Bobby and Rufus have a bunch of heart to hearts and it's just like, well, this isn't going to go well. Um, and while inspecting a cannery factory, because that's the one link between all the victims, they also run into Samuel and Gwen, the cousin that we met that one time who has added nothing to the story except being a living, warm body who can become a dead, cold one. Um, she immediately dies because it turns out this monster wasn't Dean. It escapes. We have a little bit of a, like, whose body is it in? They figure out that um, it can be killed with electricity. Samuel dies in, quite frankly, the most insulting way possible. Uh, and then, eventually, it gets into Bobby. He kills Rufus. And... Uh, 
uh, I guess we're supposed to feel something, but I didn't. Um, yeah. Did not care about it at all. And I like Rufus as a character, so we'll get into that later. And then uh, they're able to get out of Bobby. The monster is like, we're all going to die. And we're going to start farming humans and, you know, blah, typical monster taking over the world shit. And uh, they're going to eat your children and call it veal. Yeah, which yeah. is a, a line I did appreciate, but. <laughs> It's like, oh, it's cute little kids running around. Okay, so, um, yeah, that is, uh, they, they get it out of, of Bobby and are able to kill it with the electricity. And then, uh, you know, Bobby's like, Rufus and I had a fallen out. And then the episode ends, and that's that's uh, pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, that was it. So, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Thoughts, questions, so concerns, complaints? <laughs> my my first immediate thought after the whole episode was done was, can't wait to see Rufus later. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm. um, my first immediate thought when I watched this episode was, wow, Samuel was worthless. He really was. Just added yeah. nothing, nothing to the story that could not have happened in any other way. Yeah. I just, um... What? What? Why is he there? Why are you there, Samuel? I want to know. He's there. I don't know to give Dean a punching bag. I'm not sure, dude. Dude. Uh, and it's really a shame because the guy who plays him is great. Like, oh, yeah. I like this actor a lot. I've seen him before in other stuff, and he's 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 a good actor. Like, I just. If he had been given better material, I would be like, this is a very different thing. I'm glad he's in the show. But he's just, Mm -hmm. there's just no point to him. He doesn't add anything. And he's just really distraction. It was literally, even like leading up to Sam getting his soul back. And then especially afterwards, it was like, he's got no purpose. Yeah. Mm. Like, he's just the guy who Sam's been hunting with for a year. But we didn't need him and then there's unnecessarily like it he really just exists to like be a red herring and bring up an unnecessary mystery that the show doesn't even seem that interested in focusing on like and that's why when he dies in this episode it is just not a thing it's so blase none of the deaths in this episode were good meaningful yeah matter yeah they weren't good or meaningful it was just like Mm. And I, I know they tried to make Rufus's death a thing. They really did. They attempted, but at the end of the day, it just like I'm just not that attached to Rufus. Yeah, you know, you know? and he, yeah, he's one of my favorites, like like tertiary or quadrary characters. Sure, I wish he was in the show more. Yeah. I like that he and Bobby have this, like, curmudgeonly two old men relationship, you know? That that mm. was my favorite thing. Yeah. It's like, yeah, Bobby and Rufus are, like, they still low-key have, like, kind of a... They have a mutual disrespecting respect of each other. Yeah. Yeah. You know what... It's very much grumpy old men. ...would have yeah. probably made me care about Rufus's death more? If, okay, so 
one of the ways, classic time-tested ways, to get somebody to give a shit about a character's death is to how is to see how the other characters react. There was no time in between Bobby killing Rufus and Sam and Dean tying Bobby up to kill the monster to have a breath and have you know the other characters be like oh this death matters yeah. a really simple way to fix that would have been to have Bobby get depossessed Sam and Dean run after the monster Rufus is still alive and Bobby is trying to save Rufus yeah yeah like just seeing that panic and seeing that like despair for Bobby because one of the subplots of the episode is so when it gets introduced as a noodle incident right it, the Omaha thing mm-hmm. and noodle incidents are usually like lighthearted um but this is a serious take on it where uh it's like oh this is where Bobby didn't listen to Rufus and somebody died because of it I guess we don't have a lot of information outside of that but yeah. it was somebody who died who Rufus cared about um did they say in the episode I legitimately no okay it could have been a daughter or a sister or a wife who knows I don't know um or a friend no I'm just kidding it wasn't or that. all of the above or all of the above it wasn't the last one okay. I hope it's not all of the above <laughs> <laughs> this is your sister wife but not the way you think <laughs> Damn. yeah um but like you know and Rufus Bobby's just like, hey, I'm really sorry. And Rufus is like, we don't have to talk about this. And Bobby's like, no, I want to get it off my chest. And Rufus is like, hey, man, shut the fuck up. You're trash and I hate you. Um, A thing that would have made Rufus's death more touching is if Rufus maybe had forgiven Bobby in his last moments or something. I don't know. Here's what you change. When they split up, when Bobby and Rufus go to get the saw from Bobby's car, yeah. instead of it being Bobby and Rufus leave, you could have had, like, if you listen to the conversation that Dane and Sam have, none of those lines have to come from Dane. Yeah. They way, way more easily could have come from Rufus, and you could have, like, covered a couple of things... Very like conveyed everything you wanted to convey, but in a better way. Yeah. Like if you heard, if like Sam, who has his hands cuffed behind his back in that moment, is he's like, hey, I keep hearing you two refer Omaha. Yeah. What was that? Yeah. Yeah. And then have Rufus explain it to Sam. Mm-hmm. That would have been way more interesting. Uh, honestly, everything after the moment where Gwen dies should have been different. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um, um Gwen uh, she's she's there, isn't she? So literally every single member of the Campbell family was put there to be dead. Basically, to yeah. To be yeah. died. To be to be died. <laughs> <laughs> um another thing, I I just to go back to Rufus real quick, um one of my favorite character deaths in all of media, by which I mean like the most gun wrenching, and I just also I'm just like, Gah, is a uh, serious black. 
from the yeah, Harry Potter series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one of the things that makes that death effective is, first of all, we just know Sirius better, and he's a really popular character. He's yeah. funny, he has a tragic backstory, he's alleged to be classically handsome in his youth, and then, you know, lost his looks by being wrongfully imprisoned for several years. Like, hmm. people just like Sirius Black. But also, when Sirius dies, Harry loses his shit. I mean, yes. there's no, like, he just quietly accepts that Sirius dies. He he runs away, attacks a woman with a forbidden spell, and then later destroys Dumbledore's office because that's how hardcore his grief is. Mm-hmm. And we actually see the five stages of grief in Harry. And I'm just like, y'all, if Rufus mattered so much to Bobby, why is Bobby acting so calmly? Yeah. And it feels less like Rufus is an actual realized character and more like Rufus is a male version of the fridged woman trope. Yeah. It's just, or just a yet another thing that Bobby gets to feel man pain about. And I'm just like, guys, but they don't even do it well because he doesn't even seem that broken up about it. Right. He just, it just seems like he's just kind of upset that he'll never get that forgiveness. And I'm just like, oh, God. Okay. So just, just yeah, be, just be better. I don't, I don't know if you're going to. And also if Rufus is a hunter, why did they not give him a hunter burial? Well, he's Jewish. So, Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. That's at yeah. the end. Dean's like, I didn't know Rufus was religious. And so he, he gets buried in a Jewish cemetery. Maybe they, gotcha. maybe they salt and burned him and then buried him in a Jewish cemetery. I don't know. Maybe who knows? Yeah. Isn't it a part of? Isn't it a thing like a body can't be desecrated, or can like if the body is in multiple pieces, it can't enter like the soul can't enter heaven? I don't remember. I don't know. Yeah. Who that might can be a different say? Religion. I can't remember. Hmm. But um, but yeah, I just I feel like Rufus is gonna come back because everyone comes back. Yeah. Yeah, I need Supernatural to learn, and honestly, it's too late now. Um, more deaths does not equal effective. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Less more effective deaths is more effective. Indeed. True. Uh, Shows that didn't learn that. Game of Thrones. Right? It's just like... There's a difference between anyone can die and everyone dies. And more and more, Mm. I find that I am more of a fan of the anyone can die trope and less of the everyone dies trope. Right. Like, I don't mind a story. I mean, sometimes there are exceptions, the magicians. um, But I don't mind a story where, Uh, like, yeah, even our main character is at risk. Who knows what's going to happen? The twists mm -hmm. and turns. It's amazing. But, like... A story where it's just like, well, everyone dies all the time. It's like... You know, people can just take a vacation, right? You know? Yeah. Like, Rufus could have survived this and just taken a mental health vacation and, like, fine. I don't care. You know? He wasn't in the show enough to really, like, make me feel things. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, I was expecting Rufus to survive this. Yeah. Like, I thought it was just, uh, you know, a light stab in the heart, I guess. (laughs) But... (laughs) You know, one of those, like, chill stabs in the heart. Well, you know what it was is Bobby stabbed him, and it didn't go all the way through the heart. It actually hit his pacemaker and deflected. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> it turns out he has a copy of the Torah in his chest, and that stopped the and his shirt, and that stopped the, the knife. Yeah, oh my god! Funny. I would have preferred yeah, it. He died really, in the fucking shoulder as well. I don't know how he died from that. Hey man, it's because Sam, Dean, and Bobby immediately were like, "Fuck Rufus, let's just lay him on this dirty ass floor," and then left him to go deal with this monster shit. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm convinced Rufus just bled out. <laughs> it was like that's probably true. Sam and Dean were like, "Look, we don't hate you, Rufus, but we definitely love Bobby more." So, uh, yeah. sorry, I guess it's your turn. See you in a season or two, maybe. Who knows? All right, bye. I uh, I did like the moment when they were all like touching themselves with the live wire mm. to like root out the monster. Yeah, and then when it gets to Bobby's turn, he's like, "It's definitely not me." You know, it's good. <laughs> it's totally fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this it's is very much like the scene from the thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is this is Supernatural's answer to the thing, except the thing had uh, a answer better is a strong word for that fucking sentence. Yeah, Supernatural was like, hey, what if we did the thing? And the writers were like, okay, can we make it as fun as the thing? Or as interesting and cool? Or as, like, gory? And the CW was like, no, you can't do any of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, This is one of the few episodes where it's like, if if it wasn't on the CW, it would be a much better show. You know what? I want Bobby to say fuck. Yes, me too. Let Bobby say fuck because he deserves it. Let Bobby say fuck 2020. (laughs) Let Bobby say fuck. Um, Start tweeting that right now. Right. That's exactly what I'm doing. One moment that I do like from the episode is when Samuel. Where does he get the gall? The gall of it all. The the absolute nerve. He says to Bobby, so you're the man who's pretending to be their father? And Bobby was like, excuse me? Excuse me? Pretending to be their father? I am their father. You can go fuck yourself. Yeah, for real. So, yeah. I like that Sam Ugh. shoots Samuel, too. Yeah, that was really nice. I appreciate the fact yeah. that Samuel was like, don't you want to know what happened when you were soulless for a year? And Sam was like, not that much. Poo, poo. Um, well, so, and Sam shot Samuel because he thought the monster was in Samuel. And it was. Yeah. But it was like, there was a moment where where Sam was like, Oh man, I just murdered my grandpa in cold blood. Yeah, and Dean was but like, also, mm, "You're fine." Eh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sam, just meh, you know, just uh, exactly. Yeah, and I don't know if this has to do with the production of it or what, but when Sam and Dean were in the room, but Bobby and Rufus go to get the surgery tools, mm-hmm. and Sam and Dean are in the room with Gramble's dead body. And he's on the table breathing. <laughs> yeah. You can see him yeah. breathing. You can. I was like, come on, guys. No, you can't you can see that. That's a thing. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> and yep. then I was like, oh man. You know what else is upsetting about this episode? Just even the title. Because Everything. and then there were none is 
um, what, based what off the Agatha Christie book. To? It's based off the Agatha oh. Christie book. <laughs> ben, again, but, the goal of it all. There were still, there wasn't none. There were three. There were still three of yeah. them. You're right. <laughs> Maybe like it was a reference to, and then there were no monsters left yeah. in the episode after they killed the slug. And then thing. there were yeah. none except our three leads. <laughs> I guess they're still around. <laughs> it's fine. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Um. Yeah. Fine is also a strong word for this episode. That's fair. It's. A lot of things could have been done to fix this. Either this episode was made under time constraints, or I feel like poor choices. I feel like it's poor choices because it's like they're trying to chase this mother of all thing, and they're like trying to figure out how to wrap it all up. Yeah, because the season's almost over. Yeah, we're almost. The to season, the we're closing line. in on. We're closing in on the season finale. Yeah, and we gotta wrap this shit up now. So, I guess it was the way to get the ball rolling on the mother of all shit again. I'm, I'm sure she'll matter. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. No shit. Uh, um. Yeah. What did y'all think about the mother of all? We saw her a little bit in the beginning of the episode. Uh, it was. It seemed pretty tropey to me. Yeah. I don't know. If it's just like it's it, it's like Lilith two point yeah, it was also something about the way that actress talked that I was just like her voice kind of put me off. Like I don't know, yeah, she just, it was so I don't know how to describe it. Maybe I'm just nitpicking too much, but I just did yeah. not. You know what? Um, it's not even Lilith. It's not even Lilith. 2.0. It's like Lilith 0.3. Because Lilith was still a more effective <laughs> pro antagonist. Yeah, true. Yeah. At least there was, at least I felt that there was some tension with like, how are we going to kill Lilith? Like it actually, right. there's a struggle there. Spoiler alert, uh, they kill the mother of all handily. Handily. I'm sure they do. Oh, it's just... Uh, blah, you know. Um, yeah. Such a such such a waste. Um, I don't hate. I don't know. I think even just the concept is kind of like goofy. You know what I'm saying? The, the concept of a mother of all. Yeah, I mean, at the beginning of the season, we were kind of theorizing that, like, each of the monsters have their own, like, progenitor. Mm, yeah. And th then it turns out she's basically, like, God, but for monsters, yeah, just that's... creating different monsters, and... I don't know. 
That is basically what they implied. Yeah, and maybe if they just did something cooler with her, I would be more on board. But again, she's just like so much else in this season. She just feels like a waste. Comes and goes like a yeah. fart in church. Just does it a little offensive, but really doesn't matter overall. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I didn't enjoy it. I kind of liked that they were like, oh, this is a new monster. You know, this is a monster doing possessions. This is something we haven't seen before outside of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. (laughs) That's cool. Man, we're really struggling to find nice things to say about this episode. Yeah. It's just, the for me, honestly, the major problems come back to just Samuel and Rufus. But those are two huge things that mm. is it's really hard to ignore their treatment in the episode. Both Rufus's death and then just overall how Samuel is treated. Nothing it's it's too much. It's too much. And then it doesn't help that this episode is just not super fun. Yeah. Like there's not there's not a lot of jokes. There aren't a lot of um, lighthearted moments or even just like creative and interesting, you know, scenes. It's just like. This episode was both not enough and too much right. at the same time. It mm. legitimately. I mean, Travis, it feels like exactly what you said, where it's just like. Oh, well, end of the season's coming. We gotta wrap this shit up. When you guys were kids, y'all ever, like, at your schools, did y'all ever have, like, sack lunches with, like, a peanut butter and honey sandwich? Yeah. Yeah. Delicious. That's my favorite shit ever. All right, well, now I feel better bringing it up. (laughs) Don't, no, keep going, because it's a terrible sandwich. It is an awful (laughs) sandwich, because it's not enough. There's... Not much to it. No, I like honey it's and fine. It's yeah, butter. Especially if your lunch is super late and all the honey gets soaked into the bread. No, it makes yeah, it weird. Exactly. It makes it weird, and I like it. Yeah. All right. I mean, the good That'll way to weird. do a peanut butter honey sandwich is peanut butter on both sides, honey in the honey pocket in the middle. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And that way it doesn't get to the bread and make the bread weird. Yeah. See, like, and that would happen to me, is the bread would get weird. But it was kind of good. But it was also like, ooh, I wish I had something more. <laughs> you yeah, know? Exactly. God damn, I'm going to make myself a peanut butter jelly sandwich after this. Yeah, let's eat peanut butter and jelly. Oh, I picked up a bottle of the blueberry uh, pepper jelly, by the way, Travis. Sorry, oh, thank unrelated. Oh, <laughs> I'm really excited to dig into it. Okay, so... Nice. Um, ooh. Another thing that annoyed me about the episode. Uh, Eve okay. goes to a trucker who, like, she's like, I need a ride. And then she's like, I need to ride that dick. And the trucker's yeah. like, no, have you heard of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Jesus. And then... And also, he's wearing a very obvious wedding ring. So it's like, okay, he has a family. He's... Yeah. Basically, this is set up to be an introduction. He is a basically good guy. It is a shame that he eventually gets, you know, I guess, 
forced to murder his family and then he's arrested for that and by the way in my spinoff series that is where Clive Baskerville comes in and saves this man's life (laughs) just so just just Clive Baskerville's make it happen make it happen listeners Mm. um we all want to see Clive okay but uh yeah um Eve has this whole thing where she's like your your Jesus God abandoned you and Jesus was just a man and I would yeah. never do that to my child and I'm just like oh my god we get it we get it God's a, bed, a deadbeat dad in this show we get it so so Eve is supposed to be like God and like Lucifer for the demons yeah that's or what for it, monsters. that's what it is yeah uh, or yeah for monsters it's, whatever it's just like boy Girl. yeah the way the way monster the way demons look to lucifer and the way humans look to god yeah and monsters look to eve and it's like <sighs> okay we we get it it's when tried and true gets rammed into the ground there are just better versions of this speech in this show the whole yeah. like your god abandoned you but i'm here and i will never betray you that was lucifer's whole thing last season to sam yeah, it was and it was way more effective because sam's like fall from grace and loss of faith was just expanded upon yeah so yeah there's just um Not, mm, not good. So, no, yeah. no, it's yeah. not. No, it's not. So, I, I was on my IMDb's. It looks like the mother only shows up in one more episode in this season. Yeah. So I'm really not convinced on her, like, authority, her power. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Or just her importance in general. Um, we'll get to the mm. end of the season and we'll talk talk about it. Yeah. Because I just, I, I think I'm going to do some research into, like, the production around this. Yeah. Because a lot of times, I feel like it would be easy to be like, look, sometimes the episodes are a little lackluster this season because budget, you know? There's just not the budget mm-hmm. to do the crazy inventive deaths that we had in seasons one and two. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know why that would be true, but, I mean, it's certainly, like, a, a, a thing. But there is a finite amount of time in everyone's life. And with it, we get to choose which media we want to consume. But you know what's not finite? Talent. What's that? Oh, yeah. The potential for for human ingenuity and creativity is, in a way, limitless. You know? And people work for free to create amazing works of art. So I can... Just and I'm not saying that the supernatural writers are bad because I don't think they're bad writers. I don't think they are. Um, and I've seen you know other works of theirs, and I'm like always like, yeah, this is I'm enjoying this. This is good. The dialogue snappy. I don't feel like I could do what they do, and I would be terrified at the concept of doing it. 
But at the same time, I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of like, what happened this season? Like season three. I think season three was a better season this season. They had the fucking writer's strike to work around. Yeah. You know? Talk about yeah. creating an adversity. Like, they 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 really had problems just having a truncated season and 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 the writer's strike. And I don't think season three is the strongest season of Supernatural, but it's it's certainly way more interesting than this. Oh yeah. And this had a full twenty two fucking episodes. And several writers who I know are really good writers. So, hmm. yeah. Just as more of the... Do you, hmm? do you think there was some kind of, like, kind of schedule pressure or... Yeah, I don't know. Some kind of something, I guess. I, yeah, because... I don't know. What it feels like to me is that the guy that plays Samuel, his schedule may have been weird. Yeah. Or something happened with him because he may have been... He may have had to been. He, they may have planned for him to be in, in the show like way more this season, yeah. and for it to make right. more sense. Like, I don't know, man. It's just maybe. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look into it and see if I can find anything that kind of like goes into it because it could be a mix of de- several different things. It absolutely could be that like some of the actors they got weren't as available as they wanted them to be, or it could be that there mm. were like contractual obligations that they had to fulfill with the mains, or you know, um, yeah. uh, I'm gonna look up when Jensen Ackles and Jared Padalecki became executive producers on the show because while I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing when an actor becomes an executive producer on their own show. I sometimes think that you can understand a character really well. Like at this point in season six, Jared Padalecki and Jensen Ackles know Sam and Dean. Oh yeah. They know Sam and Dean better than some of the production and staff, like the directors, I imagine, of, you know, singular episodes. The way TV directors work is they come in and they basically just like film a couple of episodes, but it's very rare for a production to have like one director that they use consistently. Mm. So they are the production and the staff are probably relying on the understanding that Jensen Ackles and Jared Pilecki have about their characters. But just because you understand how a character works doesn't mean you understand the best way to construct a story around them. Right. And we can point to so, other story to other shows where a actor, like the lead actors, have become an executive producer, and the production has suffered for it, in, or the story has suffered for it. In my opinion, um, I'm not saying that this is like jensen ackles and jared padalecki i'm just saying that there could be a lot of things that it would be that have nothing to do with the writers or bad writers or sarah gamble doesn't know how to run a show because she does and we've seen it in other places and even season seven i think is a improvement over this season personally but so on that season seven's fun yeah season seven's fun on that thought of like sam uh jared and jensen know sam and dean as characters i do remember Someone said one time that, like, Jared Padalecki almost left the show during season six because he didn't like the direction Sam was going. Mm-hmm. Did that have to do with the soulless I don't, Sam arc? I don't know. Or? I know he almost left the show. I didn't. I did not know if he left the show because of Sam. Because uh, of where okay. they were going with Sam. I'm just wondering if that may, might have had something to do with it, where like he didn't agree with yeah. Sam's character direction. It could just well, be how do you feel that about he. What's... 
Oh, sorry. How do you feel about what has happened with Sam so far this season, Travis? Oh God! Oh God! Oh God! Sorry, uh, I pulled up an ad and it just it just immediately was like problems. So kidding. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it immediately started playing an interview, and I was like, no, I don't want this. I don't want this. Stop. Stop. Um, I mean, I feel like. Ooh, I, I feel like the decision to bring Sam back and do a season six in general was it was either a money grab or it was a calculated risk um and just having Sam have like be back but have no soul and they have to like spend all this time to like get Sam back to how he was I don't know it's it's like I'm glad he's back I didn't like soulless Sam yeah I mean, Sassmaster Sam at his sassiest was great, but the lack of humanity was hard to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. And I feel like that's why Jerry Padlecki was like, I feel like we're done here. But I am glad that they stuck it out because it took a while, but there are better seasons and better episodes ahead. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and we did say that season six was going to be a slog. Yeah, I mean, it again, really has been. We talked about we we talked about the beginning, two episodes that I at least really enjoy from the latter half of the show. Ben, what are some of your favorite episodes from post season five? Uh, most of them come from like seasons twelve, thirteen, fourteen, and fifteen. I don't remember much. Like, there's a couple from Season 7 that kind of stick mm-hmm. out, but it's harder. And it's been a long time since I tried to rewatch the show. Like, I haven't kept up with a lot of the newer episodes of, like, Season 15 yeah. yet. Just because, I don't know, uh, maybe God was pissed off that Supernatural was going to end, and that's why this year has been the way it has been. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. That's amazing. But... I don't know, man. It's there are like there's a few in like season seven that are really good that I remember with Dick, yeah, in them, and the Scooby Doo crossover is pretty mm-hmm. great. Um, there are several from season fifteen so far. The pool hall episode is fucking phenomenal, yeah. but from like season six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. There's not much that really sticks out to make me really want to say I have any favorite episodes from the seasons. We may get to some, and they are enjoyable. But as of right now, I don't remember very much. I like the Timothy Odmanson episodes in seasons 9 and 10. Um, Oh, yeah, the Damon Dean arc. Those are interesting and cool. And I like um, Hunter Hirochi from season eight. Uh, I think that's a good episode overall. Uh, mm-hmm. I like Charlie as a character and every episode she's in. Um, even my least favorite of the episodes she's in are still uh, still enjoyable because I just think Felicia Day yeah. is just just an enjoyable actress to watch on st- on screen. Whatever whatever she's doing, um, I never that see Felicia Day in something and then I'm like, well, I feel like I've wasted my time. So. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember what season it is, but it's like the last episode that Benny is in. Mm-hmm. That's season eight. Yeah, yeah Benny that is a pretty. That's a pretty great. I like episode. Benny as a character. 
Um, yeah. I don't like some of the things that surround his character, but uh, True. yeah. So, so there is stuff to look forward to. Um, I was actually thinking the other day about how maybe I've been a little harsh on season eight, and maybe I don't hate season eight as much as I've said in the past. Um, and season nine has some good things about it too. Season 10 is my least favorite season, though. <laughs> okay. Um, mm. Sorry. Moving on. All right. Uh, anything more to say about this episode? Anything? Um, it just, it's its a waste. And I'm, I'm glad that they did the episode later and better. Like, again, yeah. celebrating the life of Ace of Fox is just this episode, but better looking with better characters that I actually gave a shit about. One of the be- one of my favorite cold opens in television history. Deconstruction of some tropes I'm tired of. Like, dude. Mm-hmm. That's just an excellent mm-hmm. episode. I think when I watched that episode for the first time, I tweeted out, I was like, celebrating the life of Ace of Fox breathes new life into Supernatural that it desperately needed. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Some stuff to look forward to. That's true. But yeah, sorry. Anything else to say about this episode before we send it to the Thunderdome? I really don't know. Yeah. I think we said all we can. Man. Like, there was no compliment sandwich for this episode because there wasn't a second compliment to Yeah. Yeah. We're going to get to the end of the season and do our, like, best episodes, worst episodes list, and I'm going to have a hard time picking my least favorite episodes. <laughs> I was thinking about how depressing that conversation is going to yeah. be. Yeah. Sorry we've not been fun. <laughs> we are fun, but just the show took a turn for not not enjoyable. Yeah. So. We're, getting, we're getting to a fun part, at least. We're going to have, like better and more interesting stuff to talk about yeah soon. see i think we just we just slid past the fun part like we had mannequin three and then the french mistake and that was all the that was like Le that was our fun limit hey now <laughs> that robot showed up with the no fun allowed sign hey and it came back with a vengeance on this episode travis guess what Fucking... we've seen the season uh-huh. and you haven't so shut up you don't know? Oh, okay. No, I'm just kidding. I, that's just what it seems like so far. <laughs> yeah. No, I understand. Uh, I get it. I get how why you feel that way. Well, do you guys know what Siren Head is? Uh, yes. No. It's a very it's a very recent creepypasta about this giant robot that's like very humanoid. Like it has skin, but also like it has sirens coming out of its head, like tornado mm-hmm. sirens. Uh. I was just imagining it when you were talking about the no fun robot. But instead of like the normal song that it plays, it's playing Carry On My Wayward Son by smacking good ideas for episodes out of writer's hands. Uh. (laughs) All right. Well, let's wrap this puppy up so that we can move on to watching better horror movies and television shows and. Yeah. Maybe I'll just go yeah. rewatch the thing. I don't know. This episode's kind of got me in the mood. Travis. Uh-huh. The next episode is called My Heart Will Go On. What's it about? My Heart Will Go On. Sam and Dean uh, go on a boat and 
there's this guy that's like, hey, for 50 bucks, I'll draw you naked. And they're like, what the fuck, dude? Get out of here. <laughs> and then... <laughs> and then they're like, you can draw me naked for free. <laughs> and then later, Sam and Dean are on like the... What's the tip of the boat called? The mast, the pier, the boat tip. They're on the boat tip. The hell? And Sam almost, Sam almost falls off, but Dean catches him, but like catches him from behind. And Sam has his has his uh, arms outstretched and then Celine Dion plays and then they ride off into the sunset and the series ends. You're here. There's nothing. <laughs> I feel like um, I feel like and then the series ends is going to become your new and but not the way you think. But not the way you think. Yeah. I think I, I was doing the way I was saying the series ends in like season four too i think oh okay i can't i can't remember well never mind <laughs> travis oh wait no 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 that was uh season five it was nothing bad will happen that's what yeah I was yeah and nothing bad will ever happen <laughs> nothing bad happens <laughs> all right travis i don't know if that's gonna happen but if it does we'll talk about it next week on hey ass butt Thank you so much Woo. for sticking with us through this uh, not very fun, enjoyable time of just, us just complaining about Supernatural. If you have friends who hate <laughs> Supernatural, maybe now's the time to share the show. Maybe just have them start at season six, and they'll 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 enjoy the shit out of that uh, of out of all yeah. our conversations. Um, <laughs> but seriously, uh, thank you guys so much. If you could leave us a review on iTunes, a recommendation on Facebook, check out our social media. You can find it through our website at habcast.com or you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Habcast and uh, on Facebook, Hey Asbutt, a supernatural podcast. Um, we're definitely the most active on Twitter, though, so check that out. Um, if you'd like to hear more from us, we have a Patreon where we do another show once a month called Let's Shag Ass, where we watch things that supernatural actors have been in that are not supernatural. And also, sometimes uh, there are no supernatural actors, but by golly, we just want, girls just want to have fun sometimes. Um, So, yeah. That reminds me. This episode was the first time in a long time that the phrase shag ass. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot. That is true. Correct. Don't you think about shagging ass out of there? Yeah. Dean says it to Samuel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, there was so much more we could have talked about this episode, but it it would not have gone well. Or at least I. Yeah. I feel like I could just wax poetic about how much I didn't like it. Yeah. That's kind of what we did. Yeah. From its, <laughs> it is basically, it's exactly from what its we did. treatment to Gwen, yep. to its Samuel, to Rufus, to everything else, Eve. I'm just yeah. not impressed with Eve. I just am not. She's not threatening. Yeah, she's. Instead of Christmas Eve, she's more like boxing. Does she day. have any personality other than being evil? No. You're right. She doesn't. No. Honestly, she's not given enough time, in this episode at least, to really show any personality. But, like, let's be clear. She's not going to get that time. That's not going to happen. No. So, yeah. Uh, check out Let's Shag Ass, where you can hear us rag on other things. Um, because you know, supernatural actors don't usually make good choices. Uh, in the in the movies they choose, not always. So we've watched some really good stuff, but sometimes. Um, until next time, have fun and don't die. Bye.
though I, I like licorice. I like the taste of licorice. Uh-huh. And I like Jaegermeister because it tastes like licorice.